0: What on earth is that? It's a Journey Into Comics Network production! Tell me something, my friend.
1: You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey.
0: I just like the sound of it.
1: Brought to you by the power of the Journey Into Comics Network. This is the Journey into Comics Podcast, the show that's 100 percent dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the podfather, Nate Phillips, The Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the Chippy Chunks. Hey. Excellent! <laughs> Finally. What did you do?
0: <laughs> and here we go.
1: Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press?
0: This town needs an enema.
1: <coughs> What's up? True believers, welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. This is Journey into Comics 318. I am your host, Nate, today joining me once again, the Journey into Comics Network stepdad. So nice, we named him twice, TYTY. Welcome back to the show. How's it going?
0: Uh, It's good. Uh, I'm sorry that I just abruptly left. (laughs) Um, No, 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 don't be sorry.
1: You had like shit thrust upon you. Quite literally.
0: I feel like um, I mean, what's it been like? Five? Well, I mean, it's been what, like five or six episodes now at this point.
1: Uh, I was gonna say four, but because uh, I think this would have marked five had you not okay. been on. That's been right it, about a month.
0: Yeah, I thought it was um, along those lines. Uh, I went to work, uh, you know, on a on like a a Friday. It was on a Friday actually. Um on a Friday morning and uh my boss is like, "Hey, uh how would you feel about going and working somewhere else?" Are you serious? <laughs> and I was like, "Uh, well, um you know, I'm not really vibing that because I <laughs> like I like working for, for you." Uh and he's like, "Well, um they need help and uh I kind of just gave you a choice as a courtesy, so uh, good luck to you, and you start on Monday. So uh, <sighs> I did that. Um, that was the most recent development, but before that, I had a baby,
1: dude. And that's the last. That's actually the last time I saw you was at the um, the diaper party, which was an amazing time. And
0: yeah, you guys brand. all, you guys killed it.
1: I mean Brando and I you know got to kind of like reminisce and talk about the party itself here on the show which was a lot of fun but just um <clears throat> to quickly recap between you and I man it was really an honor and a pl- privilege to be there it was a great time the food was amazing those hot dogs were insane <laughs> the the different various games we all got to play were amazing and hilarious i really want to have like a literal putterball tournament where we're all like in the game and and, and trying to you know uh, win or whatever but all in I all kept, man, it was I- a great time
0: Well, I, I, I appreciate scholar and I appreciate all of you guys uh, coming and supporting us. You know, I, I, everyone that I invited, I I created a a Facebook messenger uh, like thread and I was like, you know, all of you like obviously are our friends. um, But I invited everybody in this group for a reason because more so, especially with me, you know, I've talked about it a little bit on this show. I've talked about it on podcast Um, you know, especially with everything that the network, you know, being a part of the network as it's continued to grow and, and, you know, every year I feel like, I almost feel like we, we scrap it and we start entirely over again. And, you know, we're always, we're always changing and trying to adapt. Like you guys are as much a part of my family, if not more than my actual family, um, so, you know, we, we obviously, it, it made us feel incredible, um, for all you guys to come and, 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 you know, spend the the day and the evening and those fucking hot dogs, man. Every, everybody sleeps on hot dogs. You know, if I go to a cookout and somebody's like, yeah, all I've got is hot dogs. Normally I'm going to be pretty pissed because it's like bar S hot Not dogs, that day, though. It, it's bar S hot dogs and like, uh, like generic wonder bread buns that it's like, like the consistency of copy paper. You know what I mean? Like, like the bottom of the barrel buns, Dude, it, but those
1: it's like, ahead. when you go to like a, like an NCAA football game and you get a hot dog and it's wrapped in the foil and the bun is soggy, but you're not sure why yeah. it's soggy until you realize that it's the boiled hot dog water oh, that yeah. is seeped into the fucking bun. It's yeah. like, ah, oh, this is, it's paste. I got.
0: <laughs> yeah. However, I, I these got, were not I got hot, dog. hot, dogs. hot Yeah. They're, they're quarter pound, all beef, hot dogs. Um, you
1: know, like McDonald's invention. Like they were like, Hey, we're going to do the quarter pound hot dog. And someone was like, no, that's a terrible idea. Don't just pass on it.
0: Yeah, no, they're, they're, I mean, they're great. Uh, you know, I, like I was just sitting here brainstorming one day and I was like, you know what, why don't we do a fucking hot dog party? You know, that'll be cool. I got some Jardin air. No one used it, which I don't, which doesn't matter to me, but it's like just like a, like a straight up fucking hot dog party. But the star of the show for sure. I told Nick, like I took putterball back the the following morning and I was like, Hey man, like we got to talk about this because first of all, it's one of those things. Like, why didn't we come up with this? Because Jesus, we could have made some brilliant. serious dough. But also, that's like one of the most like obviously, like I had a shitty yard and it's all like bumpy, you know, nothing's flat. But it's like you get, you get like 20 or 30 people and you get like a putterball tournament and, you know, oh, everybody, yeah. there's only two people putting at a time. So you get, uh, Everybody like it's like a
1: built-in crowd, dude. Yeah, Literally, yeah. you have like a built-in tournament with like so everybody's cheering and booing for people. You get fan favorites. It kind of was starting to happen. I think had we had a little bit more time and, and a little bit, had we let me rephrase that. Had we put it in an area of the yard that was flat enough, we would have finished games sooner, which would have allowed us to play more games. But it right. was increasingly <laughs> difficult with where the placement of the board was.
0: But it was great. Um, you know. Thanks to Nick, obviously, for bringing it. Um, but you know, games like games like Secret Hitler, and uh, you know, I've I've told I I played We're Doomed, um, that first game that we played, like last year, the year before, um, just like on a random Saturday morning, we all went over to Dave Linder's house just for like a like a board game day, and he's like, hey, Sweet. I just got I just got this game, it's pretty cool. And we played that game for like four fucking hours, you know, and each game is only 15 minutes long. Um, so you can get a lot of games in. It
1: in. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's like games like part, I hate calling them party games because they're obviously a little bit like it's not just like flip cup and, and fucking dumb shit like that, you know, but you got to actually think and, you know, there's some tact and, but it, w- it was a great day and, you know fast forward uh uh today or yesterday uh was actually supposed to be Juno's uh birthday
1: legitimate birthday
0: today it's today yeah. today yeah and then she comes mm-hmm. i mean she comes three week early or three weeks early um so we've got three three extra weeks of snuggles and and uh and three extra three weeks of diaper asleep. changes yeah well Luckily, uh, I don't know how, but uh, I've gotten lucky enough to two two, ty- two kids in a row that this one sleeps at night.
1: Wow.
0: I mean, like, like Juno just sleeps like Ruby. Ruby would scream all day and then sleep all night. Juno just sleeps. Like nice. Just, she sleeps during the day. She sleeps at night. Like she doesn't. She doesn't cry or like throw fit. Like, oh, not a not I, a
1: fussy baby. That's great.
0: If you're looking at the video currently, I look like I'm about to pass out uh, from sleep exhaustion. That's because I ate enough chips and salsa <laughs> to kill like a small like a like a juvenile sperm whale would be dead right now um, because of the amount of carbohydrates and tomato that's in my stomach. But yeah, so everybody's good. Everybody's healthy. Uh, Skylar kicked ass. We didn't have to stay in the hospital extra long. The hospital food was fucking good. Wow. Yeah.
1: Did we transfer to Earth too? Like, I know it's still 2020, but I'm used to so used to hearing bad news that mm-hmm. to hear you have a pleasant experience and like not only have a pleasant experience, your kid came three weeks early. They're very, very healthy, uh, not crying not being, uh, you know, problematic in the home. I hope Ruby's having a nice time acclimating and all that. Yes. That's great, man. So, I mean, it's like it's it's really refreshing to hear hopeful news in 2020 and, and, and a couple hopeful news. <clears throat> This will totally tangent the show because I don't know if you've even seen the show, but, like, Dexter's coming
0: back. Yeah, I'm actually glad that you brought that up because, um, you know, you shared that and, like, the majority of the internet shared that the other day. And I only reacted one time, but I reacted, I think, to the first thing that you shared and I was like, why? Just let it, Just let it go. Like, obviously... You know, I, I I think this is this is a good conversation to have, especially between you and I, because we both love the show so much. Sure, it's like, absolutely. It's like the ending was so awful and so well, bad, and,
1: and that whole last season was so awful.
0: Well, you could some could say the last two seasons.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, I think that my bigger issue with season seven isn't necessarily the story they told, but mm-hmm. that they made Deb fall in love with Dex when they were real life couple breaking up and it's like you, so you forced them to have interaction like that when they're a brother sister tandem. And I know it's not blood. I get it. I understand. But like, the Hannah McKay story is kind of, you know, r- really, it was like they took a dip after. And how do you follow Trinity? You can't. So season mm-hmm. five with Lumen, it's like kind of a dipping point for the show. But I thought the Travis Marshall season, season six, where the four horsemen, of the apocalypse happened and there's the whole church sequence. And uh, I cannot remember that fucking amazing actor's name who was in uh. that season, the old dude.
0: You, I mean, you, you had to ask because I was getting ready to say it, and of course now I can't remember his (laughs) name off the top of my head. But you know, I, I, you know, not just you and I, Brandon and I have talked about it a lot too. Especially you know when we work together, we talked about a lot of the shit like this. Like, I think for a lot of of popular television shows, they get wrapped up in super deep narratives and shock value. And especially when you get, I mean, when you get five, five seasons of a television, like, let's step away from stuff like Friends and Seinfeld and, and, um, um, you know, shows like that, that have like 20 seasons, 25 seasons. Uh, obviously Friends doesn't have 25 seasons, but like, the Simpsons has like thirty-five seasons. Okay, yeah, legacy a, shows that have maybe right. a,
1: a really long arc.
0: When it's when it's a a serious a more serious tone of a show, you're gonna have seasons where everyone pretty much has to take a break. Like, you can't have like obviously you have to you have to maintain a really strong and a really deep narrative but you can't you can't go hard in the paint 365 days a year and and keep people's attention. You know, that cuz I, I I call it or I justify it I guess as the the uh soap opera phenomenon. You know, like what who got kidnapped today? Um
1: mystery of the week type Mystery of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Day, I guess yep. you would call it. Um, also quickly get, uh, R&D department you Edward James Olmos was from yeah. season six of the deck. So yeah. that's who we were talking about. Yep. Yeah. Had to know.
0: But when you get that many seasons, you, you know, there's some fans that you're going to lose just because the show's gone on too long. There's, there's new fans that are coming in. That's going to be like, okay, now I have to binge five or six seasons of a show. And then at, at least what the last couple years have shown us, I think is the last two, Maybe the last three seasons, that might be a little bit of a stretch, but the last two seasons of uh, a major series is what's truthfully going to make or break it.
1: Absolutely. Everything you do before doesn't really matter because uh, when you're coming to the penultimate season and then the final season... You're going to either drive people to go, man, it's one of the greatest stories I've ever watched, mm-hmm. and I can't believe I got to witness and experience that, or, and and, and it's really interesting to note that Dexter and the final episode of Breaking Bad dropped on the same night. Mm-hmm. And we talk about Dexter in one very specific light because of how awful Lumber Dex is, the decisions that were made, the whole hurricane drama and all that, which, you know, all the way back in the first episode of Journey into Comics, that was still very fresh. So I was still bitching and being very upset about it all the way back then. So now, you know, and you look at Breaking Bad, and I know you're not a fan, and, 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 and that's a whole other conversation for a different but, podcast.
0: But I have watched that season finale. I have watched it and it's incredible. The show, it's not for me, but you know, the way they ended that series, I mean, come on, man. Like it's like it's top notch. Yes, it's top notch. And then and, you look and at then
1: you, Go what? ahead.
0: I was gonna I, say you we're gonna say
1: the same thing. You first I know what you're Game gonna say. Game of Thrones. The yep, absolutely. It's
0: just I mean, in the middle, man. It's kind oh, of the God. Same. <laughs> oh man. I mean, like, okay. I, I, everyone the last two years has shit on season eight of Game of Thrones. Okay. We're not, we're not going to spend the next two hours, uh, complaining about how awful season eight of Game of Thrones was because I think there were positive things. We've, we've said that enough times. You take, you take, see, Game of Thrones as a series, I think is the perfect example of what Dexter was, you know, like, or it's it's a, it's on the same like wavelength, I guess, as 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 Dexter as a series because season one started out slow, but it got everybody hooked. You know when spoiler alert when fucking Ned Stark gets decapitated, like okay, we're fucking in it to win it now. I have to find out what happens. Um, and then you get to season eight, and it's like, okay, we got some bat some buildup. Why is he on a boat? What is happening? At, my wife from the other room says, the ending sucked. <laughs> she How loves How much Dexter. it
1: resonates with people.
0: We didn't watch Dexter together. I, I like bits and pieced it like way after the fact. Um, But it's like, you know, my wife is yelling from the other room while we record this. That is... The best, like the perfect representation of the Dexter fan base, it's not toxic like most of nerddom is. You know, like we've talked on, on this show a lot. It's the ending of that series was just textbook not good. <laughs> and it, yeah. uh, Peanut Gallery chimes in more. Uh, she says it makes no. It made no sense.
1: Well, it it, it delegitimized the entire series and to to jump and to jump back to the excitingness that is the news that the original, uh, you know, one of the original producers is coming back with the original writer, Michael C. Hall returning as Dexter. All these things are good news. My hope is that some way, somehow they can configure undoing that eighth season, because if they listen, and I'm just going to say it, if if. After all this hype that we're re-hyping for how much we are excited about the possibility of Dexter returning, if the first trailer is him still a lumberjack and then like he realizes he's going to go back to a life of crime, I will not fucking watch it. I will turn off because that's not what the story I want. The right. thing is is that they got so far away from the original base and the original concept of Dexter that they lost what made it great. And it was always that he was almost caught. Almost, but never caught. So when you're in season eight and not to spoil this for those who are seven years too late and haven't watched it, but (laughs) when when you're in season eight and Dexter kills a dude in Miami PD in front of Batista and Joey, that is not the show that I'm talking about Mm -hmm. because he would not have done that. He has a code. He would have kept it secret. I don't care how personal it is that Deb is quote unquote dead and how awful do you treat the lady that plays deborah morgan giving her an off-screen death right you didn't even give her enough juice to have a moment with dex at the end there i'm done with it so undo that give me 10 episodes of something fresh that takes place Shit, you could even undo season fucking seven for all i care and i'd be okay with it but right to me, they have to fix and figure out how to get fans back because it was a very beloved series that had a total humongous Seinfeld level misstep with their finale that drove fans away. And, and here we are seven years later, still upset about it.
0: Well, and and, and as long winded and, and and as little sense as I normally make, what I was going to get to was the reason that I reacted very poorly to it is it's, it's reopening an old wound for me. And yes. it, it, it's giving it's giving me the the illusion of hope that it's it's going to right the wrongs of the past that it's that it's going to ignore season eight that that it, it's going to get back to what made the character unique and interesting to begin with because that's that's what it's you you said it perfectly there it, it's not the show that I want um as far as him still being the lumberjack and and all that bullshit but the the show that that we as a fan base want is isn't anything it's not like star wars where we're just complaining to complain like we there was a very cut and dry narrative in the beginning the character was fleshed out it made sense we just want that that character back we want we want what made dexter dexter and not some convoluted mystery of the week, soap opera bullshit. Um, and, and I, I just have, you know, it's 2020 Nate. So I have a bad feeling about literally everything. Um, you know, and especially like, I'm about to step outside of my front door. I better not have a bad feeling. Yeah. Like reviving and giving us hope that, that, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna fix some stuff. You know, obviously it's not all bad in, in 2020. I mean, um, we're getting the Snyder cut. So maybe, maybe we shouldn't be so negative, but, but man, I'm having a hard time uh, with this Dexter news, not being like, you know what? I'm just not going to watch it until 25 million other people watch it and tell me it's okay. And then, I'm, you know, <laughs> and even still
1: san- then, you're going to be skeptical. Yeah. And a lot of that, you know, I, I was going to kind of chime in when you were talking about hope. I-, I feel like you're Hawkeye and fucking Endgame. Just don't, don't, don't you dare give me hope. Yeah.
0: Like I I can't
1: even take hope right now because if I get fucking hopeful and you break me again, I don't think I'll come back from that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no really brilliant way to transition. There's a little bit of comic book news this week to talk about stuff. And really this is more me and you getting to catch up because we haven't been able to in a time. Uh, I will say that there's something else that, okay, besides the Dexter news, which I do think is huge. And, um, I have a whole st- uh, little side story before Well, I'll actually, I'll do the little side story and then we'll jump forward. So okay. I'm glad that the Dexter news happened because let me take you back to, it would have been October of 2014. I do believe, or maybe it was October of 2013. It was after the series had ended. Mm-hmm. Um, sarah and i had went to vegas for this event called ellis mania jason ellis was a famous dude on sirius xm he hosted these big events with these crazy fights like the electric dog collar fight and blindfolded uh musical chair fight and all this crazy shit so we're there hanging out and i met this dude jason Cutno, and his lady stephanie and they're great people who i ended up doing dabs with for the first time and it was an amazing experience that totally changed me because i was like oh my god concentrate thc my brain is exploding!" Right. i lost a whole day so that's that's one thing i lost the whole day so that was the first time i tried dab so then the the next day it was like oh i got the hang of this we're like hanging out we go up to their room we smoke a little bit we go back we go to the party do all this other shit well at some point we ended up with one of the people who were actually on the jason ellis show this guy named raw dog josh richmond little jewish guy he's not really good at anything and by not really good at anything i mean literally he was awful at everything like he doesn't even ride a bike so (laughs) we're telling him how to do the dab because he's never done it before and he goes to do it and like you're supposed to just like take the little you know wax put it on the dab nail that's been heated up by a torch and just like slowly stirred around so that you can while you're sucking get the vapor he stabs it into the nail pen and starts like jerking it off violently like ah and Jason's like you're gonna break my shit bro well his girlfriend is sitting over here and she's like this porn and not like like, let me rephrase this a plus size model porn star actress, not just like a normal porn star. Um, not okay. that there's any discrimination, but it is important for the story that she was a little bit off. And and we actually learned through a lot of drama that happened on their radio show that she was a terrible person who like drugged somebody at this event and like
0: whole Jesus.
1: whole yeah, it was it was crazy. But while we're up there talking to this lady, she tells us her uncle is an executive for Showtime and that Dexter is getting a movie next year. And I'm just so glad in the interim that that was the biggest lie I ever heard because I was like, don't do a movie this close to the thing because it'll just be the lumberjack Dexter. And I don't want that. I don't ever want that. And it didn't happen. And here we are. And now there's a little bit of hope. Totally. Now to talk about the other thing that I really wanted to chat with you about that's not comic book and news related, my friend. I'm over here looking at you. And I, I think that what color is your shirt?
0: Uh green.
1: Yeah, green is sus. Oh. Oh, sorry. Green is sus over there. He's definitely an imposter. I've been playing Among Us like crazy as of late. Uh I didn't know that it was free on the phone, which is insane to me that it costs four ninety nine to play on Steam, but zero dollars to play on mobile yeah, device. Yeah. Okay.
0: I, um, I got real pissed because I hate the controls on the cell phone. Like uh, you know, I got a I got a new phone. Uh, like two days before Juno was born and I was like, man, uh I need to fucking check out this Among Us game. Dave Linder, uh and and my little group of cronies, we created a fucking Among Us uh like uh Facebook Messenger chat. So I'm gonna add you to that here in just you a moment. Sh- you
1: should please do that because
0: games are popping off all the time. Awesome. Um yeah like I I, I instantly got addicted to it. It's like insta- really a
1: fun game and it's very unique in uh, and and it's it's interesting to me because I actually played Secret Hitler first. And it's like a simpler video game, Secret Hitler, where instead of like the task of passing a bill is actually the task of doing something to keep your ship going. And Mm -hmm. I have a fucking absolute blast playing that game. The only problem I run into is, is that I just play public games. So I run into a lot of people using really terrible racial slurs on the regular. And I'm just like, come on, bro. It's 2020. You can't be dropping that language. I also run into people trying to hook up with people on among us. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? It's a video game, knock it off. And then my least favorite is people who are like, like, okay, this, this literally happened today in a game. This person goes, what's up y'all. How old is everyone? And you get like 17, 13, 25, 33. Okay. Reasonable. This dude's like, I'm 40. How's it going? Sweeties. And I was like, fucking pedo you are a fucking pedo and literally in the chat it's just I a troll. was it's fair but you know I how people are i mean oh, shit. I,
0: you're right you
1: are right but i just i really enjoy the game because you have to have that level of like you know undercoveredness and i don't know how you guys play with your games but i've watched other people play where they have like a discord chat going and when it says Shh, you actually go silent you don't talk everybody's muted or whatever i think that's really fun
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh But I'm 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 interested and excited to possibly get in some games with you guys because, fuck yeah! So
0: we haven't we haven't played a game for like a week just because everyone I think everybody's been so busy, Um, but yeah, like I think it's funny too. Like you you get in different lobbies and like each lobby has like a color that they automatically suspect. You know, like I played like ten or twelve games in a row. you know, yellow is the color of my avatar and like three out of the four of those, like automatically yellow is sus. And it's like, where's the logic there?
1: I try to always do as many visual tasks when I'm not an imposter to like Show people like oh hey I got a weapons task I'm gonna go start shooting those asteroids that way you see the fucking guns firing and you can't assume me at all motherfucker mm-hmm. I will say however when I play Imposter I'm a sh- motherfucker <laughs> I play dirty hardcore oh yeah you're g- oxygen t- O2 depleted come here oh you're dead I was I was just I don't know oh, I don't know anyways I love that game I'm excited to play it with you ty as far as comic book news is concerned and stuff you know there have been some headlines and stuff you missed you know mandalorian 2 is coming i'm sure you're you're really fucking jazzed about that i would yeah i saw
0: i saw the uh the breakdown of um the release dates for each each episode uh scholar and i were talking about that earlier so i'm pretty pumped about that um you know i don't obviously i haven't been able to keep up with the show but what do you? What do you? Have you guys talked about uh, the rumors that were going around about Pedro Pascal and him him leaving the show and all that jazz?
1: I we I don't think we actually covered the possibility of him leaving the show. Uh, and I think privately, I only really had like one thought: is if he's actually leaving the show, the only thing that's going to change is we'll never see Den take his helmet off again. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's it. Like because that's really the only like that and the voice and the voice. We're in 2020, man. People are great at doing voice impressions, and that voice was just a low, snarled voice. It's not I mean, not that Pedro did a terrible job, but if there was any validity to the rumor, uh, it wouldn't have really been like a huge loss. However, with all the stuff that's come out recently and all the news, he's talking to media outlets because Wonder Woman's coming out soon, and he's talking about The Mandalorian with love and affection and talking about how much he's excited for the show and letting a little behind-the-scenes stories drop it immediately pulled a red flag to me. And I said, there's no way this guy's gone. He didn't walk away from a payday like that. Come on now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was very, very strange. Um, you know, and when I, I think that I was the first one on, of us to see it. And I sent it to you guys like immediately because it, it, it made me concerned, not necessarily on whether or not he stays with the show. Um Because I think even if you did recast him, obviously there's more than one person that has wore the armor throughout season one anyway. Um, You know, he's, Prager Prescala is primarily a voice actor. Uh, The way way that it's um, kind of been laid out, uh, at least from the stuff that I've read. So um, it would be really, like you said, it'd be really, really easy to kind of swerve to the right or the left a little bit, but maintain that voice, um, and I think even even if you recast him, um allow a, a, and you had to take the helmet off again, I don't think it would really be an issue. Um, I, I I I don't would know. Would you cast
1: a look alike or try to get somebody in his similar facial I, expression? I or mean, would it, do you think it just wouldn't matter because as fans, we would go well. He. Used.
0: I think I think you would focus more on someone of similar build and not necessarily ethnicity, because I hate to say that that's like, especially with the Mandalorians, that doesn't matter at all. Um, so just someone not necessarily a lookalike, but someone of similar build, I think would be the most important. Um, you know, do they have to have a mustache? No, who gives a shit, you know? Um, So I don't know. It's tough. What I was going to say was, is it made me nervous because if if he went into if he agreed to do the show, um, and there was a communication breakdown somehow to where you know either there was uh, like upfront just like not enough discussion on like how much screen time he was going to, or how much uh, time in the armor he was going to have, um, you know, things along those lines. Is it, is it Disney and Marvel, or Disney and Star Wars and Marvel and, you know, the whole conglomerate, is it them being shystery business people and, and, and not treating their people well? Uh, or is it, Pedro Pascal being a diva because the first couple things that I sent your way were all they were all written from that perspective that he was just being a total piece of shit. Hard to
1: work with, yeah.
0: Hard to work with, and you know, it, it, you and I, uh, especially in the last year, have talked about that a lot from the set of Marvel, Star Wars, DC. You know, the stuff with um, uh, fucking uh. God, Josh, Josh Whedon.
1: Oh, Josh Whedon, yeah. Because I was gonna say uh. Robert Pattinson recently. Just there, I mean, the similar rumor with Pedro Pascal being a diva. This there are similar rumors right now about about Robert Pattinson not wanting to do any more Batman's, and this is a one and done deal, which I still don't believe is valid. Because and and an, I'll, I'll I'll preach it here like some sort of fucking weirdo in a cult but like unless you see it on comicbook.com or on variety or on one of the major news outlets don't trust it as crucible we, we are literally dealing with this rumor mill right now where you've got pedro pascal's allegedly re- leaving the mandalorian allegedly Battenson's leaving the batman movie you've also got this rumor that will not fucking die about andrew garfield and toby Maguire. sony even came out and said there's no truth to this let it go if, if if there's going to be true to this, you guys will know, trust me, because we will make an announcement. But until you hear it from Sony's mouth, there's no validity. So we got to yeah, just I was, be better.
0: Yeah, I was really, really impressed um, to see that so quickly. Or, you know, that's not really... I was impressed to see it at all from Sony. Um, you know, because we had that rumor almost two full weeks, almost well two, two and a half weeks, almost three full weeks um you know and and obviously that just snowballs gets bigger and bigger and the, and that that rumor's been going along since the first since fucking Captain America winter soldier that that they were going to do that they were going to try and bring the Garfield and and um Toby Maguire in for, yeah, yeah for 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 Spider-Verse stuff like, way da- way down the line ago. So, obviously, the stuff with Jamie Foxx was like, okay, shit's getting real now. Um, you know, that just sounds like a smart business des- business decision to me. You've got somebody who is somewhat familiar with the character, has a desire to play the character. They've already done it once before allow them he knows that marvel
1: will knock it out of the park absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and 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 allow them to do a better job you know so
1: i don't know they and and not to retread ground that that brando and i have talked about a little bit because i think it is important that you get to voice your opinion on the spider-verse stuff because you know benedict cumberbatch joining the cast is huge jamie fox joining this cast is huge the, the reality that we are not getting the Jamie Foxx Electro that we got in Sony at all. He will not be blue. He is not going to look like that. It's not going to be some weird modern take on the ultimate version of Electro. We're probably going to get more of a classic Electro, which look at what they have done with all their previous villains, dude. Vulture, Home Run, Mysterio, Home Run. Killed it. Like, here we are. Jamie Foxx is going to be Electro. Okay, sign me up. I don't even have to ask questions. I already know it's going to be great.
0: Yeah. Mysterio. Mysterio might be the best on-screen iteration of a comic book character ever, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. Without question. Just because they were able to find a very clever and brilliant way to execute his power, Mm -hmm. which, you know, even in the comics, they back in the day, they had a hard time explaining his power. He was a guy who worked in movies who could, like, do technical effects, which, okay, that's cool and all. But to some people, you're going to. Fucking get the secret. Now with drones and shit, you're like, oh, they're using modern technology, making you use your brains. You know, I- I'm jazzed for it. Uh
0: just- one thing, one thing for sure that you know, I'm as tired as anybody. Um, with the whole just with the rumor mill being out of control. Um this this is some of that unpopular opinion uh coming coming out here. I love the spider-verse. As much as as much as anybody. Spider-Man is one of the is, is the most incredible character and most important character in comic book history, in my opinion. Sorry, Batman, sorry, Superman. But nobody brings more new comic book uh, fans to, com- to to comic books than Spider-Man. I'm sorry, especially from our generation, you know, with the animated series and all the shit that happened. Spider-Man is the guy so the the Spider-Verse allows everybody to have their Spider-Man which is which is incredible you know before that we just had like Ben Riley Spider-Man and and, and shit like that so Spider-Man is one of those unique characters that everybody can have the one that they like the best. Okay, that's the good stuff. <laughs> the bad stuff is I am so fucking tired of hearing about Spider-Man. I want to gouge my eyes out. Not everything is- has... Go ahead. No, no,
1: no, no, no. You, you continue your rage mode.
0: Not everything has to be Spider-Verse related. Not everything has to be Spider-Man related. Tom Holland, as much as I love him as Spider-Man and as much as I love him as Peter Parker... He does not need to be in every single goddamn Marvel movie. Give True. the guy a break. You are going to make him not want to play that character, and he is the best version of that character that we've ever had.
1: Ever, <laughs> like full stop. Best version of him ever.
0: And you know uh, what the 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 spider uh, into the Spider Verse uh, the animated movie could not have been any better. Like it, it, it was perfect.
1: And it, how good does it feel for those directors and writers to have been cast out by Disney? Exactly. To turn around and use a property that essentially is in Disney's <laughs> wheelhouse to mm-hmm. win a fucking Oscar,
0: right? So it, if 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 Marvel pushed a live action into the Spider Verse movie, it would be nothing other than a cash grab, and it would take. It, I think I personally think that it would take a lot of weight and validity away from that animated movie that came out, you know, a couple years ago, especially with the sequel being announced and now, and now people are being, um, with, with, with into the spider verse and then the, uh, PS4 Spider-Man game. And now Spider-Man remastered with the, with the Miles Morales, like, People are are not as focused on Peter Parker as the as much as they normally are, and now everyone's like, okay, they've got their Spider-Man, Peter Parker. I want my Spider-Man, Miles Morales." And it's going to get to a point where it's a problem. I if think they don't address I, I think. it. Yes.
1: Well, and and I agree, and I actually think right now to to piggyback on what you're saying because it's it's brilliant. Uh, we already have somebody who I firmly believe if they gave the opportunity to play miles Morales would literally hit a home run. And that's uh actually, I, he, he might be your cousin. I'm not even sure, but Caleb Anderson, McLaughlin, he played Lucas in stranger things. Oh shit. I think he, cause his age, he's like 14 right now or so 15, maybe he's at the perfect age to play miles to like, again, looking at you uh tom holland kind of being the archetype here but again you have a kid who can play a little bit younger because he looks younger you can set the story to grow at some point have those two interact it would be brilliant and as fans we're you know you said it best people are like i want my spider-man to be in the mcu and we're getting an opportunity now as a fandom where marvel's really being smart you get modok main villain in the Avengers game Modoc's going to have his own animated series. You got all these other characters that they backdoor in a video game. Kamala Khan, great example. She's the main character of the Avengers game. She's getting a Disney Plus series and then eventually a role in Captain Marvel and all this other stuff. So we're being as fans, they're trying to give different avenues for people to learn about these characters, to mm-hmm. fall in love with these characters. So when they do take it to the big screen, when they do say, hey, we're going to fucking finally give you, uh, you know, a crazy ass uh, Galactus story that you never expected to see as fans. We are already ready, but the larger audience who doesn't know these characters start to familiarize, which makes it a bigger event, which makes the moment bigger. And and, and I think we're driving to that. Um, now to touch a little bit on this, T.Y., have you recently heard kind of what the whole drama that's happening within Black Widow is concerned?
0: As far as whether or not they should release it straight to Disney Plus? Well, apparently
1: there is a literal single person linchpin keeping any possibility of it going to the streaming service. And while they don't have final say, their say is important enough that if you made them angry, it could actually fracture the MCU forever. And that's Kevin Feige. He's the man pushing for this to not be released that way. And I think that he's still stuck in the mind frame of like, things can go back to normal soon. And, um people are going to be accepting of movie theaters going back to how they were and the unfortunate truth is because of the virus everything we've lived through this past seven months it's just not viable and he needs to at least in my opinion and i want to get your thoughts on this he needs to really take a step back and say listen we have an opportunity here to really make some people happy by releasing something that's uh at this point five months delayed We don't know officially if it will drop in 2021 because who knows how much longer we're going to be in this shit. And And all these false promises, give the fans what they want. You're going to give us WandaVision, maybe give us Black Widow 2. But I know that Disney execs are angrily pushing to make this streamable. And I want to get your thoughts.
0: So this is kind of a a twofold thing here. Uh, The first part of of it, I want to touch on the Demise of Modern Cinema. Sure. Uh, and, and, I'll, and I'll be brief. Um, y- you read the headlines as much as anybody did uh, when No Time to Die got delayed, and then AMC's like, well, uh, we're closing the doors. See you later.
1: <laughs> On our way to the bankruptcy office.
0: <laughs> I don't... Obviously, I'm not a... a um... I'm not a billion-dollar corporation. Uh, if you I'm, are,
1: you fucking hold out on me, bro. I'm yeah.
0: <laughs> big mad I'm, right now. <laughs> I'm not a awful sus here. Uh, I'm oh. not a. I'm not a. I'm not a multi-billion-dollar corporation. I'm not a financial advisor representing a multi-billion-dollar corporation. Um, I find it really hard to believe, especially, you know, as this, as this has continued to go on. I find it really hard to believe that all these movie theater companies, especially the big ones, um, I I find it really, really hard to believe that they can't come to some kind of agreement with, with, with Disney, with Marvel, with whoever to say, you know, here's this contract. We will air this many movies for you. Each year, and you instead of us paying you to air your movie, you pay us. Because that's that's one thing that I've always thought is really backwards in the industry is AMC Regal. They they have to pay the movie studio to purchase the rights to air that movie. It should be the other way. The movie studio should be paying the movie theater corporations to air their shit.
1: And how, I mean, listen, and how much smarter would that be? Because you've got, okay, so let's say I'm this entity, AMC, you're Warner Brothers, you come up to me, you go, hey, here's the deal. I'm going to pay you $2,000 for every screen that you air the Snyder Cut because we're going to surprise release it in theaters mm-hmm. as well. And for every screen that you do that, it's $2,000 um, just in the contract lifetime cycle, which means pittance. It's literally pennies off the dollar for them to you're you're funding a a theater to stay open, Mm -hmm. which, again, is going to lower the cost of admission. It's going to probably lower a little bit of that concession price, drive more people into your business. It's a better business model,
0: honestly, I think I think so for sure. Well, you got
1: you have places like in my hometown, the Lorraine Theater will never show a new movie again because it literally costs too much money, and they will mm-hmm. never make the back end on it. Right. So you have these amazing vintage theaters that are sitting, going to waste, or being used as community spaces instead of being an opportunity to really bring the community together for a real purpose. And yeah, I um I agree with you on that. Which
0: I will say this as far as the this the the smaller town or the the privately owned theaters, um. The communities that have stood by those and that have kept those open and that have have stood strong and said, this business is a part of our community and we're not going to let the the doors to these theaters get boarded up. You know, golf clap to you because movie theaters have been around for, you know, a hundred years. We don't we as a, a society don't go to as many movies as they did in uh, 1934 uh, you know in 1934 they were going like two or three times a week to the movies because you know that was that was their uh, that was their medium of entertainment the and movie it was cheap yep the movie theater industry survived the advent of television it survived uh, Home movies, VCRs, uh, beta tapes, DVDs, Blu-rays. Cell phones. Cell phones, video games. The movie theater industry has survived all of that. The movie theater industry needs to not be greedy. Uh, The movie industry as a whole needs to not be... They need to focus on not being as greedy if they want to stay around. Because you know, the big, the Warner brothers, the Marvel or the Disney's, they're not going to let go of any cash flow. They're just not going to, um, especially now, you know, with the stuff coming out of Disney here lately that they're doubling down on their, their, their focus on streaming, um, which, you know, anybody that's in our position has said that for, for four or five years now, that, 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 that eventually is what it's going to be. Um, there's still a lot of people like me that want to go to the movie theaters and watch a movie. And I think to to satisfy everybody you you alter your business model a little bit and why not just do both? Release it re- release it on my TV. It's right there. If I want if I want to stream it to my TV, give me the option. If I want to go to the if I want to take the risk, if I'm willing to take the risk, why not just let me go to the movie theaters and watch it? Like, this is one of those things that I don't understand why it's so difficult.
1: I think that they would, uh, you know, uh, that's breaking news on the podcast that we'll be able to cover here in a minute about uh, Michael B. Jordan. I literally just got a crazy email. I'll talk about that in a second. But as far as the movie theater is concerned uh, and the industry, you're right. They're very greedy. Uh, Direct-to-consumer is the wave of the future. Uh, Look at Carvana. Look at all these (laughs) other, uh, other things that are. I'm at home. I grab this fucking nifty device. I pop in the information I want. I push a button and it comes to me. That is the now that is our society. People want the now. They want it immediate. And you're right. I would much prefer a movie take it two years and change. And I'm saying like three extra months to come out mm-hmm. in order for it to be simultaneously released three different ways. It's streaming on all your devices. If you have the thing and you might, maybe you pay a premium. Maybe you don't. You can go to the theater to see it, which again, a thing, maybe now what we need to do is remove like 50% of seats. Like the snapping actually happened, baby. The, the snap happens and 50% of all the seats in the theaters go away and there's six feet distance. And then maybe they have a couple section where there's like a couple's section or something or family section. And then the third and final option is the home movie release, Blu-ray, 4k, whatever, release it all in the same day. Cause here's, what's going to happen. I'm going to go to the theater as a fan. I'm going to see your fucking movie on the big screen. It's going to make me want the movie. I'm going to want to digest it, dissect it, break it down further. I'll drive right to fucking Walmart or Meijer or Target or whatever. Go to the section that has the Blu-rays. Grab your Black Widow copy that just came out the same day that it dropped digitally. Have it. And then maybe I'm traveling. And I didn't bring my Blu-ray copy. But I still have Disney+. I can just watch it there too. See, you're giving the consumer the option to, to consume more, and that's really what they were talking about in this press release with Disney. Giving the consumer an option to consume more. That's what their new plan is. And I think it's actually brilliant because we need it, especially in this time where there's so much uncertainty, so much darkness. Um, any any light or hope is going to be good. Now, Tyler, go ahead.
0: Real quick, there's one other positive that I think uh, sure. Again, the theme of, of twenty twenty, you know, amidst all this negativity, is I'm going to call it the Avatar effect, right? So in two thousand ten or two thousand nine, two thousand nine, you know, everybody in the world fucking blew Avatar. Avatar blew us all out of the water. You know, it was it was the next Titanic. Everybody had to see it. I saw it four times. Um, I think it was one of Skylar and I's first dates. Aww. We went and saw fucking Avatar. Yeah, like Avatar, Avatar, the movie, I love it. It means a lot to me. It's one of the greatest sci-fi films of all time. Don't need to go down that road. Um, we were told almost immediately that James Cameron has a trilogy in mind, and the two sequels are gonna start production like immediately. I actually want to
1: not to correct you, but I want to say that the second one is done. Oh but yeah, they oh, are yeah. In- yeah. I'll get there. Okay.
0: <laughs> so no, 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 you're right. So they, so they tell us that like right out of the gate, you know, it was like six or eight months after Avatar aired. I wanted James Cameron says I want to do a trilogy. This is what I have in mind. Um, you know. I'm shooting for, that was 2009. So at that time, I think he was shooting for 2012, 2013 for Avatar 2. And then it gets delayed, and it gets delayed, and it gets delayed. (laughs) This is the year 2020. Avatar came out 11 years ago. Avatar 2, production has wrapped. It's done. Or, Or at least, you know, ready to put the finishing touches on. Avatar 3 is almost done. Like they have what? been film they yeah, they've been filming they both movies have been in production simultaneously.
1: That's actually so, kind of smart. That's almost the like Lord of the Rings approach.
0: Yeah, it's incredibly smart. So from what I've read and obviously, you know, it's not I haven't it's not directly out of James Cameron's mouth, but everything that I've read online says that Avatar 2 production's done it's it's done so it's 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 not ready to hit the theaters but it's the movie is done and avatar 3 production is pretty much done you know they i can't remember what phase that they were going into but but essentially it's done also um if, if i am willing to wait 11 plus years for a movie i think we as a fan base can and this applies to video games and books and, and everything else, TV shows. I think if I'm if I'm willing to wait 11 years to watch a sequel to a movie, I think that we can delay movies and video games and then the world not end no pun intended there. Uh, hey, to have a more finished product. And I, I absolutely I say, I say this because of Black Widow. if if they would have said, in January, hey, we're going to delay Black Widow to September because there's a couple things that we really wanted to accomplish in post-production. We couldn't really get it done. We had to go this route. The movie will be better because of it. Then, then just do it. And and Brano and I have talked about this a lot too. There's some of those things where it's like, don't even tell me, just do it.
1: Yeah, I don't need to know that the movie is getting delayed, but I also don't even need to know the movie's coming out until you have it more solidified. Don't well, tease me.
0: And I I specifically mean what they did to, to Solo. Don't tell me that you're going to reshoot the entire movie. I don't want to know that. Just say, just say the movie is delayed because we need to clean up the production. You'll love it in September of 2020. And then if you say that delay it two more times three more times I, if they're not going to release black widow on home video today i don't care i'm willing you and i it went through every stage of emotion when it comes to that movie we're not excited we're not excited we're not excited hey we might be a little bit excited that trailer came out and holy fuck we were excited to see the movie because it, it legitimately looks good don't, don't tread on the, 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 the hype train that you have created for the movie just because you think that you're going to make, you know, $10,000 more. You're going to lose $10,000 in profit by releasing it on Disney+. Plus. If you don't, then don't. But, but make a decision. And this is one of those things where, you know, as, 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 as nerds, We've all had this admiration for Kevin Feige for a long time. Kevin Feige is a businessman, and we need to not forget that. He would not be doing this. He would not be that linchpin uh, holding up Black Widow if he wasn't a businessman. We need to not forget that moving forward.
1: Correct, and he's done everything in his career to kind of position himself to have this linchpin power Mm -hmm. because he's seen how Marvel although it's a very serious entity has not necessarily been taken seriously by Hollywood until the, the more recent times. So when you look at black widow, delay is not coming out. You said it, you know, n- no emotion, not excited to, to starting to have a little bit of hype, you know, then we got the, you know, the end game stuff where you're like, Oh wow, she's dead. So this is really gonna, this right. is really gonna like make it kind of like important. Then we like you said, see the trailer, there's excitement there you've had to tweak and fine tune this movie to a point where there should be zero issues, zero wrong with it. That was incredible to witness that throw catch sequence happen for those watching on the podcast. Just watch them catch that. That was amazing. Now. Um,
0: yeah. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to amount. get super, I'm sorry to get super long winded no. about it, but you know, especially with, with the pandemic stuff and, and all the billionaires that, 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 their fortunes have increased by literal billions. It's like, it's frustrating when, you know, I'm willing to devote my time, my personal time, that I have a finite amount of to enjoy this product at now, I think, a reasonable price. I took Ruby. We, we drove up to the movie theaters last week. We rolled in there and I said, you know what? I'm going to run inside real quick. I'm going to get a pop. We're going to go inside and get a popcorn. I spent five bucks on a large popcorn. And that is the cheapest fucking popcorn at a movie theater that I've ever bought. And I was like, you know what, if, if they would air a kid's movie or something, you know, I might take a day off of work when there's hardly anybody here. I might cruise up, take my kid to a movie. And then it's like AMC regal. Like, Nope, we got to close our doors because we can't afford to operate. You have price gouged us for fucking 25 years. And now, and now you're bitching about having to release a movie on home video. What the hell is going on?
1: Well, they've totally screwed the pooch. And um, in the in the words of that guy from uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, they shouldn't have overextended themselves. <sighs> you know? Yeah. You shouldn't have overextended yourselves. And then he gets punched down by tombs. Anyways... Um, <clears throat> Tyler, breaking news here. Uh, just to quickly thrust it into another direction, because we could literally sit here for weeks and 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 back and forth ourselves about what they should do with Black Widow. I ultimately do hope they release it uh, sooner rather than later. I do I too. I really it do. It be a breath of fresh air for everybody. Um, I just worry, though. Now, one thing they could do is release it digitally now and then say, listen, when coronavirus isn't a drama, we have a vaccine. Things are going to go back to some semblance of normalcy. The summer of 2021 is going to be the movie season. Yeah. And I'm we're going to do it at AMC. Any person that buys a ticket to a movie movie you get a second movie on us so you can do a double feature at any point in the day you know how many people would bring their significant others and just go tandem movie watch oh we're gonna go yeah. see black widow and then we're gonna w- go watch no time to die or we're gonna go see fucking tenant and then turn around and go see black widow mm-hmm. people would be interested in that and sure you're cutting your prices down a little bit but at this point it's the experience of being in a the theater and sharing that with other people that we're paying for more than actually experiencing the content and that's what we need to remember right so Here's the breaking news, and I don't know if you saw this yet, but uh, Michael B. Jordan has officially uh, made a pretty big splash, announcing Friday afternoon he is going to produce a feature of a static shock film.
0: Oh, I did see that.
1: And a quote from THR, the Hollywood Reporter, says, I'm proud to be part of building a new universe centered around black superheroes. Our community deserves that. Outlier Society is committed to bringing a, uh, bring to life diverse comic book content across all platforms, so we are excited to partner with Reggie and Warner Brothers on this initial step. Hmm. So this I, is, uh, th- yeah.
0: I think it's incredible. You know, we, we've talked a lot about how, uh, you know, Michael B. Jordan, it goes without saying, but, you know, he's obviously one of the, the, the biggest stars in Hollywood, and, and uh, you know, him as Killmonger was fantastic. Um we need more like I don't know. Did you watch Static Shock as a kid? I did not. It was
1: a little bit uh after me. I was yeah. I was already a little bit I think I was out of high school when that dropped or, or nearly out of high school. So it wasn't I've, something that was on my radar.
0: I remember watching Static Shock and it being a you know an entertaining show, but it's like there's gonna be a lot of people when this comes out that there's so much nostalgia um you know along the same lines as as like like spider-man you know spider-man was was the 90s 90s kids superhero and then i think that's why so many of us have so much uh such a deep and passionate love for the character is you know he that that's that was his prime um you know static shock obviously not spider-man not anything even remotely close but you know, it's something fresh. It's something new. It'll hit the nostalgia factor for a lot of people. And, you know, Michael B. Jordan's fantastic. So what are we not going to love about this?
1: Absolutely. Now, my, my curious question is there was a rumor about two years ago, and we might have covered it on the show back then. Uh, there was somebody initially scribed to be playing the role of static shock, and I don't know if that's going to still pan out, but allegedly Jaden Smith was mm, yeah, I remember that to play that role. And and I don't know if he's still going to have anything to do with this movie. He's obviously a little bit older now. But um, that being said, this is a great first initial step. I also love that Michael B. Jordan is kind of getting a second life at superheroes thanks to Marvel, Mm -hmm. which is then allowing him to step into a producer role and help DC. It's also allowing him to kind of carry the torch and legacy of Chadwick Boseman in a really honorable way and and bring. Um, representation to people who feel underrepresented in this world. And I, I, I really am. I'm really excited uh, to see, first of all, what it even looks like, how it turns out, but to also see what, what the story is that they come up with and how, uh, how captivating they can make it. Cause uh, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. Uh, so yeah, uh, as far as that's concerned, I don't think uh, as far as static shock stuff, there's not really a whole lot left to discuss because it's just fresh news, but I do have one more bit of DC news. Did you hear about the Batman leak? No. Okay. So there's been a couple things and 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 it's going to kind of encapsulate into one bigger arching thing. So there've been rumors that this Batman story is going to also kind of be a take on the Long Halloween story from Batman back in the day. Okay. Um and, and 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 some rumor and conjecture say it could be. It couldn't be well. We got a set pick and the set pick is the leak. And that leak turns into a dam being blown open because the leak shows some members of a party, a Halloween party, which is interesting enough. So we are kind of alluding to that. This could be a Halloween movie, but who was on set in this Halloween scene, but someone dressed up like Superman. Okay. Not to say they have their universes. Superman. But to say in Pattinson's universe, he does exist somewhere, Mm -hmm. whether they interact ever, probably not, maybe. But just to even have that little Easter egg that Superman is really in this world and not shying away from it just shows how connected DC and how committed DC is really to trying to, no matter what, tell the best story they can. Um, Not shying away from other heroes in your universe, even though traditionally speaking Batman kind of plays in his own sandbox for the majority of the time until more recently when we've had the justice league stuff. So I think that's pretty interesting. I don't know. Did you see the picture at all?
0: Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. So it's not,
1: don't, you don't have to go rush to see it. Cause it's not like you're going to see something spectacular. It's literally okay. a bunch of people standing on set and Superman is kind of off in the distance. You can see the Cape and then the red S on his, on his Cape or the yellow okay. S on his red Cape. So, interesting the more interesting thing about the batman stuff is that colin farrell doesn't look like colin farrell anymore in all these set pictures if you've seen that wow
0: yes i have talk about some good stage makeup shit
1: they have him looking like a totally different person and it's absolutely captivating i'm really really i would say jazzed probably to, to mm-hmm. see the Batman, I don't know. You know, it did get delayed a little bit. No Time to Die got delayed a bit, a little bit. So that's kind of news to cover, too, that the Batman was, I think, delayed. Did they say 2022? Or is it late 2021, like end of year 2020?
0: I, I think that.
1: Yeah. If, if you're smart, just release it on Halloween. If it's a Halloween kind of based movie, just go for it. Make it a Halloween flick, man. You'll get people in droves. And it's a Batman flick. Right. Home run. Home run for sure. Um. But I don't really know, man. Is there anything else we need to uh, to dive into before we get out of here?
0: No, nah, man, I'm good. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. And I also want to
1: quickly say before we get out of here how much we love and appreciate our other co-host, Brando. Although he is not physically on the screen right now, he technically is on the call with us right yep. now because... He tried to walk me through and help me set up the the show without him being present. He's got some stuff he's taking care of, wants to take a couple weeks off. Totally understand. And uh, that being said, I had to run the show. So he and I linked up early. We started working on it. We literally physically could not make it work on my computer. And I just like kind of sheepishly put my head down and I said, "Um, Brando, I I don't want to to like encumber you but uh could you like run the show while not being on the show and 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 be there and actually he looks like he's making a little bit of an appearance here secretly I don't think you're going to see him on the actual podcast but we could physically see him on our screens right now but it was a it was a really awesome thing for him to to be here in spirit it was it was kind of like among us where there was a ghost that we couldn't talk to during the thing cuz we were the two crew members Still alive roaming around. And um, yellow is definitely sus. But I think that's going to do it for this week. TY, is there anything else you want to add before we dive out of here?
0: No, man, I'm good.
1: <laughs> all right, folks. Well, as always, you know where to check out the show on all the different podcasting platforms Apple Music, Google Play, Podbean, Spotify, Castbox, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, many others. Search Journey into Comics Network. Get us at JourneyIntocomics.com where you can get the archives of all the different shows on our amazing network. I think that's going to do it. This has been Journey into Comics 318. No clue what we're going to call this one, baby. I've
0: been Nate. I've been T.Y.
1: And as always, folks, pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.